This is the 106th episode of Stockholm Legacy Report, a podcast about paper and legacy. My name is Victor Berns. With me are my dear co-hosts Robson Sien and Christopher Wikström. Warm welcome to you, dear listener. Hail to you, champion. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I hope you're doing well. I don't know who is a champion <laughs> in this crowd. <laughs> Stockholm Legacy Report can be found whenever we release on the Top Deck app. In this episode, it will be all about the Swedish legacy nationals. Myself and Robin and Christopher all participated in this. Me and Robin also played the pre-tournament team portion. We're going to talk about all of this. Not going to bury the lead though. None of us actually did win this event. So (laughs) just to get that one out. Close, very close. Very close. So (laughs) let's start off to see uh, what we actually did play. Robin, could you go through your deck list for us, please? I uh, ditched Naya Depths. Instead, I played Absent Depths. So basically cutting the Minskan Boos, adding Bowmasters and the Grist. I also ditched the Maze of Its. It because I thought Bowmasters and Grist is a removal in itself. Deck felt pretty good. I did not have all that many reps with Bowmaster in this shell, I should say, but felt good. And some black cards in the sideboard felt also good. Thought Seasus primarily for the combo matchup. But like apart from that, it was pretty much a stock list. What about you, Christopher? Yeah, I played uh, 80 card Aluren with uh, the Sky Noodle. Nothing out of the ordinary. If you look at MTG top eight and look at Yorian lists, it's in that ballpark. But I decided to add the, the one ring, like a one copy of the one ring. And whenever I played it, it was good. What about you, Victor? I played Black Red Reanimator. Pretty stock list. The three Archon, three Gristlebrand, two Atraxa, four Grief creature split, two Shallow Grade, two Exhume split, and three Thoughtseize for the 61 card special. That mill protection. Exactly, exactly. No, but it's uh, it's been the truth for a while amongst the more successful reanimator players to load up on that third Thoughtseize main. So, Robin... You and I did play this team event, which is like sort of a pre-tournament event in my in my view. I mean, it's 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 really there is a team portion, and on, on the Sunday after the main event, the, the best four teams who gather points on the Friday and Saturday main event will play out sort of a team championship. But in my mind, it's really just a pre-event because yeah. all of us were going home anyway on Sunday morning. We teamed up with our local hero, Andreas Huberberg, known to MTGO players as Delthar and to listeners on this podcast as The Hope, the just hope. as two years ago. The hope. the hope. The King. How did we fare, Robin, in this team tournament? Quite mediocre, I should say, as a summary. I think we won half of the matches in total. Yes, that's true. I played, I went three and one though. So I, I had a pretty good evening. My deck worked out. Yeah, I went two and two for my individual matches. So so uh, would you like to speed run the rounds? Like just what you played? Like Victor, what did you play in the first round? In the first round, I played against four color Beanstalk and felt that... That was a very nice and easy matchup for me. I won really quick and my opponent didn't really have that much to put up against me. I mean, if if you run an 80-card deck, I usually think I'm sort of pre-favored just on the sort of... It's going to be more difficult for you to find crucial sideboard cards in the first turn, which is 
<laughs> the time frame that you have. Yeah, I can I can attest to that. I board in 11 cards. If you compare that to a 60 card deck, it's pretty equivalent to boarding in eight cards. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's your whole sideboard. So, Robin, what did you play? I faced up against Death and Texas. And, like, they were on the play in the first round, started with the Mother of Runes. And I got to play Land, Mox, Bowmaster, kill the Mother of Runes. And I thought, like, <laughs> this is going to be so easy. But they grinded me out in both games. And I sorely missed the Minsk and Boo there, of course, which is quite a haymaker. Mm. And uh, I guess the Hope didn't... Did the Hope win his round? No. No. Okay, so 0-1. Going into round two, Victor... Oh, this is uh, this is glorious and horrible. Uh, this is where I played against a Doomsday opponent, which is also in our Discord. So shout out. Game one, I won when they sort of I bricked, but they also bricked a bit and made a small sort of misplay that I could exploit. And then in the second game, they mulligan to sort of um, I think they mulligan once to to have a sort of a fluster storm up. So they just played land go, and I had a hand that was. Petal, Dark Ritual, Entomb, Animate Dead, Unmask, Thoughtseize, Second, Thoughtseize. And I draw a second Unmask. <laughs> so I go I go Petal, Unmask, they fluster the Unmask, I unmask again, <laughs> completely empty their hand. <laughs> Grizzlebrand from the yard, draw 14. I, I, there are a few That's... matches that I think I will lose with that hand. Yeah, especially like if it's a, I'm going to keep this counter spell hand and not have, you know, ley line or, yeah, you yeah. know, turn one graph diggers, then it's just like so rough. Mm. The luxury of playing your first land drop after drawing 14. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Salt in the wounds. So, uh, Robin? Yeah, I faced off against the Mirror, or Sevda Mirror. It was a player who was on Nyadepts with Minsk and Boo. So that was pretty cool. I think I probably had more reps with the deck. I felt in control all of the way. And I think I also had a little bit of a better macro strategy because they were trying to go for Meritle Age in both games while I played more defensively and just tried to waste them out. It's basically impossible to die to Meritle Age. With a Deaths deck, you have Plows and Maces and Caracas and Wastelands in instant speed and all of that. So, And I did get to do some really nice blowout when like, he was attacking with two knights and I had the possibility to bog and block and some, some really nice games played out but felt like a convincing victory for me and I, I won both games. Wow, so that's two victories this round, so one on one. Victor, round three. Round three, I played against a quite new player in the format altogether. They were on eight cast, and I won 2-1. Sort of nothing super special to report back. Basically, deck performed and delivered as it should. I was up against Ragdelver. I think he stole the first game with a big dragon that attacked me couple of times for seven each turn or eight each turn and then i uh, managed to steal one game with just three threes like i think i had three elvish reclaimers beating down <laughs> and then at the final game uh, we used the sort of uh, tactics provided by playing a team tournament because uh, andreas he was already finished with his match so we were like co-piloting yeah there was some really interesting games because uh, they were beating down on me with a dragon street channeler 
it was pretty terrifying. We had to bait out a force of will or days with the night so that we could resolve an evoked endurance to shrink the <laughs> Dragon Strait channel so that we could block it. And from there on, when like the bleeding was stopped, I was able to make Merit Leech and uh, give it protection so that it could swing through. Very interesting games and uh, managed to sneak out the wind there for into one. Yeah, it was super nice to watch to see you guys work out all the angles that you had because there are so many choices where you were sitting. Cool. Then there's only one round left, am I correct? So tell me about this, Victor. Well, round four, I played against this super skilled lands player and lost quickly 0-2. I didn't have any sort of fantastic hands to work with. I mean, the, the, the matchup against lands, I find... More or less 50-50. It can go either way. It's going to be highly determined on the skill of the player and the materials you have to work with. And this player was very skilled and used the materials at their disposal excellently. So it was a very nice match to lose. They they just played it really well. And I think they played super well in the main event as well. I saw them on coverage in round six or something, I think. So pretty cool. Nice. And Robin? I actually don't remember the last <laughs> match. Uh, Christopher, who was spectating at that point, tells me it was the Delver deck. All I remember is that I lost in quite a quick fashion and uh, like that me and Victor was defeated quite early and uh, Andreas was in a super grindy game against the Beanstalk deck with his land deck. I guess I get Delvered, but I don't really remember any specifics. Yeah, I can't remember exactly, but I think it was Delver. I came by and I think a Delver was in play and they were casting a Merktide, but I can't I can't remember exactly. But it it was late at night, not really, but sort of late. And you had been driving, so like I, I totally get it. So uh 2-2. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was nice. I mean, I, I felt I was happy for, for on my side since I had a 3-1 result and I felt pretty good. And then you and I, Christopher, we um, saw that it was time for you to get something to eat. Later on, listeners, if you stay to the end, you will get the directing to my um, ex account in which you can see the very interesting choice of pizza that uh, Christopher made for this evening. I feel that I need to defend myself. So I, I wanted nothing special. I just wanted a ham pizza. I was tired. And Victor was like, come on, we're on vacation. I was <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you are right. We are on vacation. So then I took the Borås Special, which is literally a Swedish, what can you say, delicacy of kebab pizza with with ham on it. And they literally just sliced up an entire onion and just <laughs> threw it on there after it was in the oven so a whole raw onion yeah after so it was raw and i think that you know they were kind of like yeah maybe this is last order let's just pour the rest of the sauce on the pizza as well it was an experience but uh, go check that picture out <laughs> and know that i crushed it like there was i i ate everything besides a bit a bit of the onion like when you see it you'll understand i, I was just like okay i'm gonna eat 80 percent of this hey do you guys remember when we were in uh, in uh, malmö and andrea mingucci ordered a pizza yes. slice and he was like reported a murder has been committed <laughs> i think that he would not approve of this pizza this was not mingucci cuisine <laughs> no all right then saturday comes around christopher i can also testify to this 
didn't really want that much for breakfast. I ate a big Buro Special. I'm ready to go, man. <laughs> so we go into the main event. This is eight rounds, so we're going to go round by round here, do some quick recaps, delve deeper perhaps in some of our sort of more interesting matches. But to kick off to say, this was a 133-player event, which was a record Ooh. for Legacy Nationals in Sweden. Very nice indeed. The crowd was super happy. Excitement was sort of all around. We sit down for round one and Robin, you face Burn. Yeah, and as you do sometimes in round one, I also face a player that has never played Legacy before. <laughs> of course, well-versed in modern formats, but not Legacy specifically. Well, in game one, he has a rather clunky hand, like playing on curve one spell each turn. That kind of hand is easy to beat for an adepts because you only need to resolve a reclaimer and just have a few turns and Merit Lage is on the way. I think he has something like two sulfuric, sulfuric vortexes. That's not going to kill me. In game two, he has a little bit of better card. He uh, price of progress with me for eight. That hurts. In the final turn, when I am to make Merit Lage, he deals the final three damage to kill me. But I have a plow. So I make Merit Lage to grow my reclaimer. And then plow my reclaimer for three damage, uh, for three life. Then I can untap and swing with Merit Leech. You gotta work on your Soul Crush game. You should have swords your merit. I know. I was thinking about it, but I thought winning is better. Yeah, yeah. But like sometimes you gotta, so- like round one opponent shows up with burn, yeah. which is noble. Yeah. And then meets the BM player <laughs> that swords their merit. I think like the <laughs> outcome would have been the same because he would need to draw seven bolts to kill me, right? Yeah, exactly. And I could just and attack with uh, Reclaimer seven times. Or just make Marit with the Reclaimer, like, Again, yeah, take yeah. your time. <laughs> That's not how we do it with new players. Well, I mean, if you if you come from Modern and you suddenly enter a format where Swords to Plowshares exist, and you realize, ah, that's why Burn is difficult to play in this format. Okay. And Dark Depths exist as well. <laughs> Indeed. So, Christopher, you faced Sneak and Show. Yeah, that's right. And uh, game one was pretty nice. My opponent didn't find that all that many land drops. So I realized that they are on sneak and show because on turn five or so, they go to discard and discard a sneak attack. Oops. At this point, I think I had Teferi in play and I escaped an Uro some term, turn after that. And like I tracked my life total and it seems like it was pretty uh, like over pretty fast after that when they stumbled on lance i just green sun for leovold also just to like you're not gonna draw out of this with cantrips game two you know i've talked about this this is a matchup i really enjoy because you find your learn and you wait for them to sneak attack uh, show and tell and then you just bam it's it's a battle so in game two my opponent goes ancient tomb defense grid on turn one and i'm sitting there with fluster in hand and uh prismatic ending so i'm thinking okay um, i need to prismatic ending this i play a land delighted halfling and pass my opponent untaps volk show and tell emrakul go <laughs> I, like my hand is rotten <laughs> i put in a carpet with my thing i'm i'm sitting there like okay i need to find Aluren or teferi really quick but i don't so we're going into game three and i'm thinking okay I need to dig for that Aluren or have a pretty good plan. I have Force and Fluster in my start 
with also, I think, like a Delighted Halfling or something. I'm feeling pretty pretty good about this hand. So I go uh, turn one Delighted, pass. My opponent just plays a tapped Boseju and passes. And this is the worst feeling in the world because I kept a counter-heavy hand without the learn. I'm thinking, okay, at least I got some time to, you know, dig, maybe get something into play, maybe make something cool happen. I play a card I can't remember, maybe just a land or something. My opponent takes their turn, play Lotus Petal, Volcanic, Show and Tell. I put in a Leovold or something. My opponent puts in Omniscience and casts Emrakul. And I'm 0-1 <laughs> in the Swedish Nationals. So, uh, Victor, <laughs> what did you play? Well, I played Mississippi River, which is a deck that I have never played <laughs> previously. Yeah, podcast first, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, this is like, I'm on the play, quickly go to sort of do my thing. Deck decides to sort of show up for me. And, and I see their hand and I'm like, oh, this is this deck. Um, so I have no idea how to play this. And I'm going to like, well, I'm going to I'm gonna discard your creative technique and just make, you know, here is aggressive brand. Let's go to game two. After sideboarding, I'm like, I have no idea what to expect here. Like, what does this deck, what does it do? <laughs> but as you so eloquently put it, Robin, afterwards, like, oh, so he's the deck that says, I'm not going to do anything before turn three. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. That's the deck description. Yes. So even though they actually get to turn three, because I whiff quite a bit and have a pretty loose start in which I end up reanimating their phoenix just to get out of their hand because they don't have any creative techniques to discard, but they, they draw their creative technique. So they get to go off on their creative technique, casting, I think, all in all five spells, but they cascade into three spells one is that six three haste creature and two of them are two leylands of the void and i did get to cast an entomb on my my copy of the crit technique and entombed an archon with animate dead in hand so since my opponent sort of i guess bricks by hitting their ley lines i am able to take down game two pretty easily from there as well cool. so 1-0 in the nationals against this super nice opponent with this deck that i really don't know how to play against but yeah so on to round two robin you played against painter yeah, I'm up against Painter. This doesn't really go my way. In game one, he starts with a goblin. I have a plow in my hand and I think to myself, I need to save this plow for his Painter, which I think was the correct decision. Next turn, he plays a soul land and a grindstone and a second goblin. And on his third turn, he plays a Painter with a soul land. And I plow it and he revs my plow. Ouch. Next turn, he untaps and kill me. <laughs> That's harsh. So, like, this deck is obviously, with some hands, a little bit faster than my deck is. And I have to sort of play control, but it's also pretty good at grinding. So it's a, in some certain, it can be a hard matchup. So in the second game, he plays a grindstone into a turn two painter. And I green sunseen it for Collector Oof, but Painter is saying blue, and when he untaps, he can just rev the Collector Oof, and it's dead. And he plays a Furnace, 
uh, but he can't activate the grindstone because he has only two mana in play. So I'm on the wasteland plan now. So I waste his uh, furnace. So it still only has two lands. And from there on, he starts bricking on lands, luckily. Nice. So he stay at two and he passes for a while. And I am flooding. I'm drawing just lands and nothing to make Merit Lage with. And at some point, I have a wasteland in play and he finds an Ursa Saga. And I am... Luckily, Vigilant and wastes it with the trigger on the stack so it cannot tap for mana. <laughs> That's beautiful. And like some turn later, he has a red elemental blast and tries to kill another wasteland of mine. And I get to copy it with the stage to still have a wasteland in play if, he, <laughs> if that should happen again. And we kept keep drawing for this, like in this stalemate situation for a while. And I have something like six lands in play or something. I'm just completely flooded out no crop rotation no reclaimer nothing that makes merit lage and eventually of course he finds a land and just kills me <laughs> so zero and two against painter in a bit of like excruciating <laughs> games because like oh it's so annoying to not draw what you need yeah it's rough yeah how was uh... yeah you christopher in your round two you faced of eight cost how was that? Yeah, I played against a blue-green version of 8-cast that placed those uh, undestructible enters tapped lands. My opponent showed a veil in one, like maybe after the games. So I guess there was some veil technology and maybe easier to activate that. Is it Hex? Haymire? The, the small parasite. And uh, game one is so sweaty. Like my opponent puts on the biggest pressure of all time and i know this because i only wrote down one life change for my opponent during our like the whole game and it's them going to 23 <laughs> which was me sourcing a construct mm-hmm. my opponent you know before i revealed yorian and they're like oh okay so you're also one of those bean players so i was like oh i'm gonna use this as a mantra i'm gonna pretend to be a bean player they put on heavy pressure, they put needle on Teferi, and you know, they just do a lot of crazy stuff. And eventually, I just jam a Luren with double force backup. And this is like, I'm at 11, and I think they have like free constructs and maybe f- 10 plus artifacts in place. It's, it's very lethal. Mm. So I just, I, I need to jam. So I jam, and they die. And they're like, oh, okay. No B. Yeah. Like the Wednesday before this tournament, I cut seeds of innocence from my sideboard and this is going to be very funny further down further down the line in this tournament report but anyways we're going into game two my opponent plays like seat of the synod mox opal lotus petal pass and i'm thinking okay let's see what what they're cooking with i play a turn one delighter halfling and they warping whale it so they exile it i'm thinking okay that's a thing you can do my opponent untaps and plays ursa saga I untap and jam oof. <laughs> and their seat, their opal, and their petal, they're gone, baby. <laughs> My opponent floats mana in response and casts a hull breacher. So they were representing hull breacher turn one also, which is very nasty. I'm so glad that I had the halfling and not like a ponder or something, because that petal would have just <clears throat> replaced itself with a treasure. And from here... I just beat them down. They can't do anything meaningful. When they finally crack their saga, they get Needle to put on Harpy. But, you know, I'm I'm killing them on board. So, yeah. Uh, 2-0. What about you, Victor? In my round 2, I faced against a very skilled Rug Tempo player 
who had played many versions of this deck over many years. Super nice guy. Fully foiled out the deck as much as you can. And I make a bit of a misplay in the first game. I get to discard them on the play, and they only have one land, so I decide to take their ponder in order to sort of stall them because I have reanimation coming up and I don't realize how quickly they will reach the maximum damage for their unholy heat that sits in their hand and I am reanimating specifically Arkhan. So Arkhan dies shortly thereafter and they get to draw into more cantrips and eventually stabilize and in game two it also looks like it usually looks against these tempo decks when they win. They stop everything I do. Wasteland me when needed to and just have all the counter magic and all the Everything that everything proactively responding to what I'm trying to set up. So it was a bit of quick O2 and uh, very nice uh, games played. But I did not feel close to winning here. Let's just say. I think game one, if I hadn't made that misplay, it could have been another story. But, you know. I was baffled when you told me that they unholy heated your Arkhan. I was like, holy shit. That's right. That's the around, That's the right amount of damage. It's crazy. So round three, Robin, you faced Grixis Denver. Yeah, and uh, in the first game, I have this nice hand where I can go fetch pass. Then uh, on my second turn, waste him, play a mox, fetch my land, and I have three lands in the graveyard and play Reclaimer around days with a mox. He goes for a bolt on the Reclaimer, and I say, that's fine, because it's a 3-4. <laughs> and this happened to me. This was not the first time. It also happened the day before. I win that game, and in the second game, I have this interesting where I have a Reclaimer in play and a Dark Depths on the battlefield. And he has a waste that he keeps untapped all the time. So he's super ready to just interfere with Merit Lage making. So I just switch gears and just slam a knight. And then on the next turn, I slam another knight. <laughs> World Wrestling Federation magic. So on the third turn, so to say, activate the Reclaimer and grab a Sergeer Step, make my knight protection from red so that they can't block it and on my other night i fetch up a wasteland waste his only mana source and uh, attack with the knight for lethal so that's like a knight domination game well things went my way and i handled delver as this deck is supposed to do with a quick 2-0 and you christopher you played against 12 post yeah, and this was the beanstalk disguise working very well again. My opponent looked at me and I think they said something about post, uh, like beanstalk. And, you know, post is very good at just killing control decks. So I play a delighted halfling, they play a cloud post, I play a teferi. I think they were on the place. So I got to bounce expedition map and they're like, okay. So they, I think played a Buseju or something, played it again and passed. And I untapped and played a Learn and won. And they're like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Going into game two, the coolest thing that happened in this game, like my opponent gained some life. First one, then another one, then two, then 10. 
<laughs> and this is me swords to plow sharing some Ulamog. <laughs> I'm just playing Uro, getting lands together, cycling Lorien reveals, and eventually I just put it put uh, a learn on the stack again, and my opponent's like, yeah, handshake. Two zero. What about you, Victor? Well, I had a very similar experience to round two in my round three. I played against the Rug Delver deck, and I just got my ass handed to me i don't have many notes from this game it was over pretty quickly it just one of those again one of those games where the rug delver deck works out in the hands of uh, a player who knows what to do with this material to me at least that becomes then a very tough matchup he sequenced really well i did sort of you know, have one of those, yeah, let's faithless looting and put another two fetches in the graveyard while having two lands in hand. Like, I had a bit of those as well, but uh, I don't think it would have mattered in the end. This player was really good. So one and two total for me. And round four, Robin, you played against something we've seen a lot of back home, Death Shadow. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know that in beforehand, but I recognize the player that I'm facing up against. We like, I think we played before. We <laughs> are like trying to figure out where it can have been. I think it might have been, might have been at the Alara Games shop in Trolletan. And then like eventually like I realized that Ah, he's the burn player that was like top eight in that tournament. Oh, right. So I actually mulligan a, a quite a decent hand <laughs> to to six <laughs> with with a with a hand that has a depth Javimaya and a crop rotation. So that is a, a certain turn three merit lage and like a reclaimer that can also serve as a blocker or something like that. But he's not on burn, as you already mentioned. He is on Death Shadow. And he starts with a Thought Seize and just takes the crop. And that plan is destroyed. But I got a Reclaimer to follow up. And I, I play the Wasteland game because I, I draw the Witherbloom commands that I have put instead of uh, Sylvan Library for the main event. He's got a waste up for my Merit Lage plan. I just go for like a Reclaimer beatdown. And he stumbles a little bit of mana, so he can't answer it. And then in the second game, we have this really interesting start where we both go, like, land go for a couple of turns. Eventually, he wastes on one of my, like, savannas. So I crop it, he forces, avail the force, and he forces again. And I'm like, okay, this, this is a fine exchange. He's wasted one of my lands, and I have traded two cards for four of his cards. Five if you count this wasteland too. Right, right. But I also lose land. So so like, like that's a fine exchange. But the thing is that he has stacked his graveyard for slamming a Merktide. A fully grown Merktide. <laughs> so like he hits me for two turns. And on that like final turn I can flash in an Endurance. Which like grows his Merktide but it's lethal anyway so it doesn't matter. And then I tap up and can slam a Grist. Sacrifice the Endurance to kill the Merktide. From there on the Grist takes over the game with just one once. And I, I managed to win it. Grist. Yeah, the power. A little bit of Grist offer action there. The key is they can't play creatures meaningfully. Yeah. Super strong card. And you, Christopher, you sat down to play against your second 8-cost opponent. This is right. Boy, we had one of those scary game once again. My opponent thinks that I'm on Beanstalk again. But when I do go for the combo... It's not as easy as just jamming. So first, they play an Ottawara. They cycle an Ottawara or channel it to put my Alluren back in hand when Recruiter is on the stack. So I'm like, ah, shit. Okay, I pick up another Recruiter and pass. And now the jig is up. 
So my opponent takes their turn. I can't remember what they're doing. I think they're flooding a bit this game. When it's my turn again, I play a learn and I play that recruiter again. But my opponent plays main deck dress down in yeah in a in a deck with constructs. <laughs> so I was, I was super baffled. I was like, what? <laughs> so yeah, no trigger. But I'm like, okay, I'm gonna pay free mana and pick up my Yorium. <laughs> I untap. I play Yorium and I point at my recruiters. So <laughs> I'd like to blink those. And that kills him. Nice. Game two, my opponent goes heavy on the construct plan. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to swords that one. I'm going to prismatic ending that one. And then they float mana on their fourth turn, I think it was. And I'm like, okay. And they get the grindstone. And I'm like, oh no. Oh no. And then I play a painter and kill me. <laughs> the juke. <laughs> the juke. I'm like, what? Now I'm scared of that too. Yeah, as you should be. Yeah. In game three, I actually can't remember if I think I got milled, but I'm not sure. I died, but I do have a recollection of my draws being really weak in the third game. Not up to par, not drawing anything that could help me progress. So I was just sitting there like, open, kill me, do it. And my opponent did. So uh, yeah, I'm 2-2 in the tournament. And Victor? Well, my round four, this is getting slightly repetitive. I played against Tempo in the Grixis version this time and uh, got got in two quick games. The material again, my deck sort of had these, you faithless looting with an unmask in hand to sort of see what you can do. Am I going to unmask myself? I'm going to unmask my opponent and I have another two unmasks <laughs> that I can't do much with. So I have to put them in the graveyard. My opponent's like, okay, uh, everything is fine here. I can do whatever. I don't remember much else from this game. It was match. It was over pretty quickly. I lost again against the tempo deck. Third one in a row, 0-2. And my deck is just not doing what it must do with me. And I'm probably a part of that. Uh, but I also think, starting to think, like, Fate is losing. Is this such a good card? Like, why do I play this? <laughs> Don't say that. So I'm one and three after round four, definitely out of contention. Having a good time, though. But it's a bit sort of, uh, these are not the matchups I've been practicing against. This is not Stockholm. Like, I was you know, gearing up to play against Shadow and, uh, you know, Scam and, and Naya Depths. <laughs> yeah, the biggest scam is a lot of tempo, <laughs> but not the right one. There was a lot of tempo in the room. And I mean, yeah. we discussed that previously, so I shouldn't be that surprised, really. We moved to round five, and Robin, you play against Cephalid Breakfast here. Yeah, I mean, so I am 3 1 at this point, and I just crushed Delver and Shadow in two 2 0 games, so I like. Bring all the tempo decks for me, but instead I get to play against Cephalid Breakfast, a matchup that I have not played a lot, and I think that cost me the game. Like, reps is very important. First, I don't really realize that it's Breakfast, because he plays a fetch, and on the second turn he plays a Tundra, and I'm holding a Bowmaster, so I think that if I waste his Tundra and he brainstorms in response, I can get him with a Bowmaster. He doesn't brainstorm in response he fetches his other land and cycles wizard cycles <laughs> so um, the jig is up and on his next turn he plays an ursa saga which my wasteland would have been of course better to target that one the saga fetches up a shuko eventually and i have both a plow and a crop rotation in hand so i'm quite ready to deal with the combo but he just plays silence and then does his thing without any target for neither crop rotation or 
the plow. It's nasty. It's nasty. Then in the second game, I realized that I need uh, interaction that cannot be silenced. So I have a an turn one reclaimer, which I hope will grab the bog in the situation where it's needed. But he has a needle, so I start oh, digging wow. for an answer to the needle. And at some point, I think I'm attacking a little, a little bit recklessly with the reclaimer, and he can like uh, flash in a bowmaster, ping it, and block it with the army. So there goes my reclaimer. And then uh, at some point he is willing to go for it. This plays out a little bit weird. He plays his nomads and core and I like nod. (laughs) And then he plays his cephalid illusionist and I nod again and he like do the combo and I'm like oh wait I should have plowed (laughs) like in response to the the illusionist on the stack. But as soon as they are on the battlefield it's too late. So just like not being really mindful like of the exactly how the combo works make me lose that game. I don't know. Maybe he had a force for the plow anyway. I don't know. But like that was my interaction. I just give him that game by not sequencing correctly my spells. Right. You, Christopher, you played against your third eighth cast deck. Oh my god. Third cast. Really regret cutting that seeds of innocence. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you know, it is what it is. My opponent keeps the shakiest game one hand ever we don't need to go into that game because after free bobble looks he doesn't find a land a second land oh wow that's very shaky yeah not much to say and the second game it's like my opponent's deck was just giving him the middle finger the middlest of finger in the second game they have some mana they have something going they play turn one chalice on turn one and two like chalice on one twice i just play an oof and eventually like my opponent can't really do anything meaningful when they finally find a an ursa saga which they have an ancient tomb to go with it's too late you're looking at teferi which is at six and stuff like that so like even if you make constructs like it's you're not you're not winning this game so a 2-0 what about you victor well, in the 1-3 bracket, I am hoping to sort of get some poetic justice. I get this really nice 7 that has, you know, land, petal, ritual, entomb, reanimate, and shallow grave, as well as a uh, faithless looting. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. But my opponent goes swamp thoughtsies on the play for my opponent. I'm like, oh god, this is absolutely mono black helm. I'm just feeling it. But my opponent sort of, I think, hasn't had lunch, has a brain freeze, and instead of taking the Entomb, they take my Reanimate. So I'm like, sure, <laughs> land, petal, dark ritual, Entomb, Grizzlebrand, Shadow Grave, draw 21. <laughs> Jesus. Nice. Get confirmed when I start discarding them that indeed I am playing on Mono Black Helm. So I'm like, shit, fuck, goddammit. I was just given a game here. This is going to be an uphill battle. And uh, it is. In the second game, that it's just land, ritual, dolphy, pussies straight off the bat. <laughs> Jesus. And in, in game three, I have I have this seven that is like, I'm on the play. If they do not put Leyline into play turn zero, I'm winning this game. Otherwise, I'm losing. But I can't really see myself mulliganing into a show and tell turn one because that's essentially what it's going to have to be because they play so much discard. So I'm like, I'm keeping this seven. 
they will again and get the ley line. And my backup plan is, of course, to try to discard and reanimate something off of them. But I just don't have the the tempo. And I mean, this is I can't think of a worse matchup. Of course, this is hard. No, this is hard. It's uh, it's as bad as it gets. And also, like even if you would decide to, oh, I'm gonna mulligan for show and tell just in case they got ley line. Well. Their other part of that combo can be show and tell in. And you literally, if that is the case too, you have to kill them on one turn as well. It's so, such a bad matchup. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like it's it's literally on the chart it must be one of the worst matchups yeah the worst yes so i lose that and we move into round six where robin you face doomsday yeah like i i wanted to face up against those tempo decks but i'm picking up losses against the combo decks which is not too surprising when it comes to playing a fair green non-blue deck of course <laughs> and doomsday is not my uh, best matchup uh, by any means he wins the die roll and he goes turn one ritual doomsday. It's pretty hard to beat. Pretty hard to beat. In the fu- in the second game, I have a turn one deafening silence, which will at least make the combo a little bit slower. He can't play a ritual and doomsday in the same turn. He can play a petal and doomsday in the same turn. And he plays a lot of duels. So I think that like a wasteland plan here is probably good. That's what I'm going for. And eventually, I at some point, he actually plays what's the black creature that uh, hinders me from certain Oh, opposition agent. Yeah, he plays an opposition agent. Like a tech that I have faced up against when you played the Doomsday, Christopher. That's right. But I was clever keeping in the plows. So I actually could plow it on spot with the search on the stack. It's how you lose. Well, it's either that or like in game one, obviously. Right, right. No, so the plow takes care of it and I can make Merit Lage and win the, the second game. But then on the third game, again, he's on the play. And he has turn one doomsday again. And he also has a Nile spell bomb to sort of invalidate my possible endurances. So that game is just lost. So I pick up a a third loss. And from there on, I'm out of any chance of going further. So I actually drop out of the tournament to spend a little bit of time with the family, which joined me to Borås. Well, that's, of course, the correct decision for you there. Noble cause. Yeah. Yeah. So, Christopher, in your round six, you face up against uh, Saga Storm. I'm getting a strong uh, Stockholm vibe here. Doomsday, Saga Storm. This is this is more the materials we're used to. Yeah, we're in the unfair bracket now. So, yeah, my opponent wins the die roll and goes uh, turn one by you, Fotsies, and I'm getting some really strong Turbo Depths vibes. I can't remember what card he took, but on my turn, I ponder. And I put an Ice Fang Wattle on top, hiding it from discard. So if they are Turbo Depths, maybe I can, you know, shump for a turn, play a Teferi, bounce Marit and stuff like that. My opponent plays Ursa Saga and then Hope of Girapur. So I'm like, oh man, this is, this is bad. This is Saga Storm. On my turn, I do exactly like I planned. This Quattle is now going to trade with uh, Hope of Girapur. Great. My opponent attacks, and uh, when they're reaching for, you know, my life total, I play a a quattle and block. So I'm sitting there, feeling pretty happy about myself. My opponent makes 16 goblins. (laughs) 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 I'm trying to just stay alive, because they don't know that I'm on Alluren. So I'm thinking, I can maybe steal this somehow. Mm. And I play a Teferi 
can't remember, like, I think I minused on one of the tokens and they just went 15 phase. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sure. I think I might have, yeah, I can't remember exactly. Like, I might have had some creatures. This might have been one turn after that. This is my last ditch effort to try and survive. I plus the fairy and I pass. In combat, I green sun for Uro, gain free, and swords to plowshares my own Uro. And it's one life away from surviving. Aww. But I didn't have a lure <laughs> anyway. So, like, it was just like me trying to do anything. Game two is very interesting. My opponent's mana base is very artifact heavy. And I played against a lot of eight casts today. So, I'm looking at this Oof card and thinking, baby, off the bench. So, I get to play it. Long story short, it wins the game. I see my opponent's life going down in increments of two. And I think either I resolved an Aluren or just they scooped. And the game free, my opponent goes with a really hard discard and construct plan. And I actually get beaten to pulp, to a pulp by constructs. And they actually, when I'm sitting there like, okay, if I can fetch... And if I top deck a learn, I can win. My opponent actually, when I'm at five life, plays like a petal and tendrils me for two. <laughs> so four, <laughs> four life in total. So my fetches <laughs> are off. <laughs> and he's, we're both laughing. And I'm like, I'm already dead. <laughs> but yes, I lose that. But it was very fun. Like my opponent going for that surgical precision yeah you, you gotta to cut love off it. my i loved it uh, so that was really nice but yeah so i'm free free petal surgery and i love that deck it's such a fun deck well i play in my round six against 12 post in the first game i'm on the draw and i get to mulligan into a quite sort of slow hand that's basically going to try to discard them before i get to do anything and they play turn one reclaimer which means that I really need to make something happen quickly because otherwise they are just going to chain Bojukabogs into Vesuvas. And since I don't get to do something super quick, that's exactly what happens. And so I keep on playing because I'm thinking like they might run out of Vesuvas at some point, but then they eventually just have Marit as well. In game two, on the other hand, I get to do uh, all kinds of things very fast. And in game three, I have a pretty decent seven and my opponent mulligans to five with a reclaimer as their turn one play and i think an endurance in hand that i get to discard and i can just stomp them over with the arcan i win two one getting a bit lucky because my opponent got unlucky otherwise that turn one reclaimer play can just be very brutal but uh, i got there in the end so uh two and four getting some redemption at the bottom tables and uh, well, still having fun. Very nice opponent. I think we played their team on the Friday as well. It was super cool to see people hang around and just be super nice. It was great. And we move on to round seven, and it's just you and me then, Christopher. So you face Cephalid Breakfast. That's right. And I'm going to do the short, short version of this. So these are two quite fast decks. They are a lot faster than me, but you know, we're both playing a creature angle and a combo. Game one, they combo me. They play an Orem's Chant, and they combo me to death. Game two, I play a Teferi, and I don't combo, but I just control the board, and I think I Bowmaster uh, one of the Illusionists, and I Surgical all of them away, wow. and my opponent's just like, yeah, I'm super dead. Nice. Their only way of trying to beat this is probably Kaldra, 
but I'm sitting <laughs> with two swords to plowshares in hand and prismatic ending with Teferi. Like it doesn't happen. And game three, they comboed me super hard. And they did this by first threatening a Cauldra, and then they floated mana with a Saga on turn four, got Shuko. And then I, I can't remember exactly, but I think I got Orms chanted. <laughs> but yeah, dead anyways. But super good games. Man, all of my opponents this whole tournament were super friendly. It's always fun to see, you know, play against people who are just happy to be there. So I'm having a really good time, even though I just became an Endurance, a free four. So what about you, Victor? Yeah, I play against Jank Maverick in round seven. And I think this is sort of, this should be a pretty okay matchup just because my cards are just so much stronger. But in the first game, I do flood quite a bit. So I sit and basically do nothing for about four turns. They have one card in hand and they sort of can use the resources to beat down the things that I try to do. And it's they sort of have a green sun zenith that they get to cling on to until I can play an Archon and they can green sun for Grist. And I am empty and hellbent from there on and uh, scoop it up. And in game two, I'm sort of try and stick to a uh, show and tell plan and try to execute that quickly. But they manage to get Thalia down on their second turn. And I cannot for my life find my fourth mana source. I think it's like five turns where I just sort of try really hard to find that. And I sort of, in, in these turns, I, I get to find a reanimate. So I try to reanimate their endurance that's in their graveyard. And then they endurance themselves in response. <laughs> and and I tried to reanimate their next the other endurance that was then in the graveyard, but they removed that one too because I want blockers because they're beating with Italia, you know, it has exalt, exalted yeah. triggers and sort of it, it becomes a bit stressful. And then when I finally get to that show and tell mana, they have you know two knights of the reliquary and uh, everything else going on. So I lose two zero, but this was like the nicest opponent ever. They were so cool about things. This was their big first, uh, first big tournament, sort of kitchen table style on a physical actual island outside of the West Coast was their jam. So I was super happy to play this game, even though it really didn't come together for me. I just really drew the, the worst cards in my deck, both of these games opposed to what I needed to draw. But, you know, it happens. I play a deck that's very susceptible to slightly worse variants than than you want to see. So I can't really complain there. Yeah, that's right. Your opponent also played Grist, which just shows that they are they came to game yep 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 like i played grist main as well this is not like me bashing this is me like endorsing this player like sometimes you can't beat him so move on to last round and you play again against 12 post like what is it with this 12 post 8 cast meta like 63 percent of my opponents were 8 cast or 12 post <laughs> what the what fuck the, the number the numbers game <laughs> long story short i think Game one is bad. I think I dig so much to find an Aluren. I think 35-ish cards, but I never find it. My opponent thinks that I'm on Beanstalk. Good theme. I scoop when their Primeval Titan gets Eye of Ugin and a fourth Cloud Post. <laughs> and they have Caracas in play already. Oh, wow. So I'm just sitting there and I'm like, that is bad. Oh, well, I don't scoop to the Titan. I think I swords it, but yeah, like it's over. Like when they when they are like, I'm going to go and search my library and then they 
show the emrakul i'm like yeah you have infinite turns let's go to the next one and here this is a good sign that my deck did what i wanted to my life goes from 9 to 22 to 21 to 24 to 23 etc 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 this is a combo kill and game free i actually stabilize quite well i'm feeling pretty good about the game and i have stabilized i have some mana this is great we end up in a situation where my opponent has zero cards in hand and i'm sitting with two cards in hand it's a lorian revealed and it's a fetch land i'm like great let's do this i hard cast my lorian revealed and i draw three fetches and victor is standing on the side i'm like showing him what i drew just like yeah it was hard and at this point do you know how many cantrips i had left in my deck eight i had eight cantrips i had four green sun four alluren four recruiters i had all the cards left and i just drew free fetches and from there my opponent rips titan into titan <laughs> it's just over i think i drew one of my endurances that i just boarded in to have a clock if needed but <laughs> like, <laughs> it's too little too late i i started the round as an endurance and i ended as an ishkana mm. victor How's your round eight? Well, I did go to Ishkana levels as well. I played against Death and Taxes, and my deck came together nicely. This opponent knew me, and I knew that they were going to be on Death and Taxes. I'd seen them play earlier. So they go like turn one Mother Runes, and they're like, You're not on Reanimator, are you? I'm like, you know, shrug a bit, get an Archon down. <laughs> they sacrifice their Mother Runes, and like, Yeah, we can go to game two sure then they sort of um they take their seven and they sort of you know look at it awkwardly but sort of yeah no let's let's go let's go and sort of go wasteland vile and i go swamp discard and they have a hand that's another wasteland containment priest two copies of thalia and uh, a flicker wisp so i'm like well if they rip white mana the containment priest is going to be bad news so we're just gonna take that containment priest and they uh, rip white mana so I get to entomb in response when they play Thalia, and then I rip another land to reanimate. So um, an Arkan eventually does the deed of uh, taking apart my former Petek, Death and Taxes. Do you know what would have been the funniest thing ever? Like, they don't hit that mana, you discarded their Containment Priest, and you just reanimate that so their vile won't put in creatures. <laughs> Like, oh, that's just like... Oh, <laughs> that's, that's so bad. That's so evil. <laughs> sure, whenever they find mana, you're fucked because you yeah, I, could have gone for this very strong thing. But until then, you are the Death and Taxes player. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to remember that sequencing <laughs> until next time this situation <laughs> manifests itself in the Man. last round of a tournament. So three and I five. started crying. Yeah, that's horrible. So... Those are our, our matches. I mean, to sum it up, of course, we didn't do spectacularly well in this tournament. On the contrary, we did probably worse than we hoped for, all of us. We're just going to have to go back to the drawing board. I think you can say all over Stockholm didn't perform really well in this tournament. I don't think any of us from Stockholm got more than four wins in this tournament. 
which is lackluster to say the least. Yeah, it's true. Swedish competitive legacy keeps being dominated by cities like Västerås, Uppsala, Göteborg, Arvika, Malmö, and uh, let's su- go Uppsala <laughs> surrounding areas. The top eight for this tournament, at least I got that prediction right, where I said there will be no more than one deck that has two copies in the top eight, and zero decks have two copies. This event was taken down by nothing else than black-green smog combo. Huge shout-out to this. It's fantastic. You just, you love to see it. This deck came, vanished into oblivion for so long, and then just arrives at the Nationals and just smog stomps everything. That's so cool. They beat Lance in the final. In uh, places three to four, we have Jank Depths and Grixis Delver. And in five to eight, we have Mon Red Painter, Rug Tempo, Black Blue Scam, and a White Yorion Death and Taxes to finish off. There were also another three copies of Rixis Stellar in the top 16. So when we say that Tempo made a strong presence, that is a correct way of describing what happened in the Nationals. Yeah, no uh, no eight cast. Well, most eight casts were in the middle or bottom where I was residing. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. I love it that Smog one like afterwards we went and grabbed some beers and i talked to delta 2 the hope and he said that he thinks that smog combo might be one of the decks that gains the most from legolas legolas quick reflexes Mm. as you can just split second protect your smog creature and that's pretty cool that's one of the decks i did not think about with this card and yeah this is this deck did not play any copies they played the uh, safekeeper instead but the reflexes must be way worse for the opponent yeah it's cool that you can play it beforehand right like they can't respond with their plow so you just play it when you're ready to go off and then you are safe that's cool yeah really cool that's cool and that my friends is all we have for this episode many thanks for sticking around to the end and a special shout out to the party crew post tournament all the lovely people we met so happy to meet so many of all of you listeners that's so great really warms our hearts if you're not already in discord please come and say hi there is a link in the episode description also super shout out to all the organizers of this tournament the people who make the magic literally happen shout out to all the judges doing enormous work shout out to the casting crew who did a great job in addition to discord you can find us on x also at stockholm legacy as the hlm legacy and robin you are also personal x where can our listeners talk more with you about family values you can talk to me about family values on x obviously i am jacka underscore bo you can watch me Crusher Borås uh, special at uh, Monolith MTG, but this is actually a lie because I think it's only Victor. I didn't retweet it, but Victor, where can people find me crushing the Borås special on X? <laughs> the Borås special on X can be found if you scroll back a bit at Disco Drogo. And that is the end of the 106th episode of Stockholm Legacy Report. Thank you, Robinson Sien. Thanks, Christopher Wikström. My name is Victor Bernhards. Many thanks to you for listening. The great and mysterious Furnace has written music. You can find more of their work on Spotify. Until our next episode, go check out the core of Swedish culture, the Kaltskrovet.